comma, straight up or on the rocks. The podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? Blackbeard and Nerd, and I'm chilling with my brother Daydream the DJ on the best podcast. Today we're talking with the Black Bearded Nerd. Uh, you want to spell that for me? Black B E E R D E D Nerd. All right, and uh, he drinks a lot of beer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> a lot of beer. I thought I drank a lot of beer. But he drinks a lot of beer, um, and he's you know today we're gonna learn a lot about the black bearded nerd, uh, you know where he's from and stuff like that. We're gonna get a lot of questions. Um, you want to just give off your social media information where people can reach you, and you can follow me on YouTube, Black Bearded Nerd. Um, same thing on IG, same spelling, Black Bearded Nerd. My email address is contact at blackbeardednerd.com. And if that one doesn't work, then I do have another email address, which is renhaines, R-E-N-H-A-Y-N-E-S-06 at gmail.com. So y'all can reach me on both and uh, check me out. I got my YouTube stuff up. I got my uh, IG and I just, you know, do my thing, talk beer, etc. And he gave you the uh, the government name. He slipped that one in there, too. So I wasn't going to ask him the government name, but since he gave it to you, it's all good. <laughs> Thanks. Just so you know, we are also uh, in the midst of watching Breaking, uh, the first Breaking while we're doing this interview and uh, sipping on some beer. And I'm pretty sure uh, the content is above five. I know mine is. Mine is, uh, hold on one second. <laughs> mine, yeah, mine is a 5.5, so we go with that. This is an easy drinking one. Okay, yeah, well, we start easy. So, um, so when you do these interviews, do you give your honest opinion or your honest review, or can you be swayed by these companies? I always got to give my honest review. That's me as a person. Mm -hmm. If I tell somebody what they want to hear, then who am I? One of the things that I pride myself in is I'm always able to be honest with someone and be straightforward. And if I can't do that, then what am I doing beer reviews for? So, no, I ain't front and I ain't <laughs> capping as the young generation says. I'm telling how it is. Had to ask. It was one of the things we talked about uh, yesterday. We went to a what do you call it? We're actually brewing a beer together. Uh, so we went and took a tour of a location, a beer location. Um, and I guess we'll bring it up later on because they were kind enough to feed us and give nice. us beer and stuff for free. So I'll take that as some, some type of sponsorship right now. Yeah. So, uh, and, and uh, Ren is actually drinking one of the beers. So we'll go ahead and, and say the name of the beer and the, the place because they did kind of feed us for free yesterday and get us drunk. So Yes, that was <laughs> nice. Southern Tier Brewing Company. They're based out of uh, Lakewood, New York. Um, and I'm drinking right now their live Session Pale Ale. Like I said, it's 5.5 ABV. Easy drinker. Very smooth, very crisp. And just something that, you know, people that might want to drink that just getting into the beer game if they're not really beer fans. This is an everyday drinker and it's an easy drinker. Okay. Is it one of those normal big company type beers? Um, it's a big company considering in the craft beer world, it's a big name. Okay. But it's not one of those... 
mass produced like Anheuser Busch, which we know as Budweiser, or Coors and Miller, etc. This is a microbrewery, but it's still a big microbrewery. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed touring the touring the, uh, the facilities yesterday. I've seen a lot of things that I never thought I'd ever see. I, I never even contemplated seeing stuff that we saw yesterday. <laughs> Let alone coming up with the name of our beer that we're going to be brewing um, while we're all a little bit tipsy. So that was kind of fun too. Mm, I can't wait to get into that because I've seen the process a couple times, but to actually do it, excuse me, to actually do it is going to be a treat. It's going to be something that I dreamed of mm-hmm. for a while. Okay. Yeah. So um, to date, what's the best beer you've tasted? Man. Just seen that one coming. Back. Listen, yeah, I, I don't even know why I didn't even expect that. But to be honest, well, you, how about you? You give your top, however many you want to give your top. Let's do it that okay, way. Okay, okay. Um, now nah, you know what I'm gonna do. This I'm gonna go with my my best one I've had to date, just based upon my taste. First off, I love Belgians, and I think you know that already. You know that I love Belgians. I do love my stouts too, but I love Belgians. So as of right now, my Creme de la creme, my top one that I feel like nobody can beat will be Trappist Rochefort number 10. Um, I can't remember the name of the brewery, I, you know, the pronunciation because it's a Belgian name, mm-hmm. but that is my creme de la creme. As far as stouts, man, I've had so many I can't really recall uh, what would be my best, like as far as just barrel age or even non ba so it's a lot. Okay, now how did you hear about this beer, the creme de la creme beer that you talked about? How did um, you come across it? I was at World of Beer, I'm going to say a couple years ago, maybe three, four years ago. Oh, World of Beer. I'm so mad that they don't exist anymore here. Facts. That hurt me. I ain't going to lie. But I will say this. I've had most of the stuff they had in there prior to having this beer. So I'm there. And um, first thing I do is I look at the menu. They tell you where the origin of the beers are. So you can pick USA, you can pick Belgium, you can pick Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And immediately I go right to Belgium. You know me. So... I'm there and I see uh, Trappist Rose for number 10. I'm like, what is this? You know, I've never heard of it and I love Belgians and I've seen the ABV. The ABV is 11.2, which is right up your alley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I see that and I said, all right, this is a quad, which is the highest you can go. When you talk about Belgians, you got the single, you have the double, you got a triple, and you have a quad. Mm-hmm. So I seen it. I figured it was to have something right up my alley. I ordered it and they brought it out to me. It wasn't on draft, it was in the bottom. Mm. Brought it out to me in a bottle. The server poured it perfectly in the glass. It was a perfect pour. And <laughs> I, I can just, tell you're still into it. <laughs> yo, I'm telling you, it was like it was, it was a perfect pour. <laughs> a dream come true, man. So I'm looking at it and I just put my nose to it. I smell it and I'm like, yeah, this is it. And then I taste it. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't find This is probably the best beer experience I've ever had in my life. Just that first taste. Because mm-hmm. I've had a lot of beers, mm-hmm. a lot of beers. But this one right here, it gave me a feeling like some nostalgia or just took me somewhere. And to be honest, it took me to being in Belgium, like as if I was going to be one of the monks brewing with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's my that's my top one. Let's man. go out in the field and get our hops and come back. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Um, so how many not so good beers would you say you've reviewed so far? Because that's always in, you know, people like drama and all that stuff. So we were talking about it yesterday. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, I've only had probably, I'm going to say maybe 10 that I've actually reviewed on my, my mm-hmm. podcast and my blog. Prior to that, yeah, I've had a lot of them. But on my reviewing <laughs> on my blog, I've only had probably 10 or 11 for whatever reason it's been working in my favor. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm saying 10 or 11. Because well, people man. want you to taste the best, their yeah. best. They don't want to give you, oh, he's going to be honest about it. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. So that's pretty cool. But the funny thing is I think that one of them that I would feel as if people would go crazy for, mm-hmm. it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. It was not my palate. It just, the taste was off. It just, it wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy I tasted it because most people think that I'm going to do what everybody else does, which is be a fanboy and just say, yeah, yeah. everything's good. Everything's good. No, if it's not good, I will tell you. Yeah, you're not a wave rider. No, yeah, definitely you, you need You need to, it's your palate, it's your show, it's your integrity. So, yeah, that's exactly. good. That's great. How many people would you say you've met since you've started, like, in the actual industry of craft brewing, um, since you've started this podcast or uh, vlog, video vlog is what we call it, I mm-hmm. so. Now, you meaning um, people that I've met in the industry or just people I've met all around once I've got into the beer world? I guess um, let's do half and half because, okay. you know, you got the people that have started their own companies, um, people that have approached you because they, you know, just fell into your vlog um, or how your vlog has been recommended. Um, and then there's people you've met in general and talked to them about beer. And like you explained earlier about the four different types or styles of Belgian, right? Like mm-hmm. somebody that knows about beer would understand that language so you speak that same language mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's a shock to a lot of people when you speak that language so how many how many people would you say are kind of new in your life especially around this topic um I have I'm gonna say probably 20 to 30 that I would deal with on a regular mm-hmm. based upon this experience some are actually in the industry and some are just people that I met you know through my trips to breweries or just hanging out at breweries, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And those small group of people I deal with on a regular, or at least I have a relationship to where I can trust them. And we've had good conversations. We've shared good beer mm-hmm. and we've had some um, moments to build upon stuff. Okay. So was a lot of it learning on the fly or is it kind of like you do research and then you kind of experience through these conversations with these people who are, what do we in wine? It's a savant. I don't know what you call it. Um, they they have uh beer cicerones. You okay. have um, there's different levels. It's a lot of it. Now that aspect, I'm not 100 percent knowledgeable of, but I will say, um, most of it is on a fly for myself mm-hmm. because I'm I'm learning as I go. Like I love beer, but I'm learning different things as I go, and I learn new stuff every day. Whether you're talking about the expression or the aroma of something, I might say, oh, I didn't know that before. So. Um, all of it's pretty much on the fly, from my experience. Okay. Um, so, what made you get into reviewing beer? That's not something that um, we'll say black men, <laughs> the Coke Forty Five generation, yeah, or the, um, the the which they really like, and I have to say, I really like the high ABV, right? <laughs> but then there's some beer out there that you really should not be buying from corner stores that have extremely high ABV that will tear you up. Mm. Um, but that's about it when it comes to the black or people like to say African-American culture. Um, but when someone says I'm reviewing beer, they don't necessarily look at the black bearded nerd and say, OK, what do you know about beer? Like mm-hmm. what made you get into it? Um, and this is going to be a long answer. <laughs> that's all right. I got a lot of tape. <laughs> this, this is going to be a long answer, bro. A long answer. So. I um and a lot of beer. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. That's involved. 
I like beer, and I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, we grew up in the hood. We used to the traditional experience of what's available. Mm-hmm. Our point of reference, which I just learned this year, why we do the things we do. Mm-hmm. So our point of reference would be Old English, mm-hmm. 800, uh, Colt 45, mm-hmm. Miller High Life, whatever the cheapest, quickest, easiest drunk you can get. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be honest, I haven't drank those. I've tasted them a couple of times, but I knew it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and Coke college, 45, apparently Coke 45 has that dynamite taste. <laughs> I can't do Coke 45. I can't do none of that. I've tasted them, and like I said, I don't mess with them. I've had some other stuff that's harsher than that, like the Steel Reserve oh 211. God. But the Black Can, that's, uh, they don't even sell that here. That's sold down some. But anyways, um, so I was in college, and I actually did what? people don't expect you to do. I started drinking when I became legal of age. Mm-hmm. So I'm in college and I'm having these experiences while I'm going out to parties and I'm drinking Coronas, Heineken's, not Budweiser's. Budweiser's have never been my thing. Something about that taste is just not, don't sit right with me. We call that pee water. Yeah, straight up. It comes up. in and comes right back out. Straight up. So I started you know, drinking those things and I like them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, eventually along that path, I'm going to say this is... Uh, 10 years ago, maybe nine years ago, I was introduced to Stella. Mm. And Stella is a majorly produced beer. I think everybody knows what that is. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not drinking Heineken or something, you know, okay, I can fall back on Stella's. Now, that is a beer I'll still buy if I know I can't drink anything else or get mm-hmm. anything else, I'll drink that. So I started drinking those. And one day, um, obviously, you know, you got to be around some white people pretty much that'll yeah. open your, your eyes up a little bit. So I knew a couple of people who were drinking different things. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I would see it when I would go to the grocery stores and stuff. I see these things in there. I'm like, you know, there's all these different beers. I'm intrigued, but do I want to spend the money on it? Right, right. Somebody gave me a, um, a can of something. I don't remember what exactly it was, but I fell in love with it. Just mm-hmm. like, you know, this is different, but it's new. It's something mm-hmm. that would be good for me. Being a Gemini, I like to try different things. So long story short, I tried that. Um, and said, you know what, if I like this, I got to like everything else. Yeah. Now, let me backward, backtrack a little bit. There goes bit. a rabbit hole. <laughs> you yep. see, that's Go what right I'm saying. Down the rabbit hole. Story. Yep. <laughs> um, I was around someone, and actually this is my, uh, this is my, my other mom, I'm going to say that. She had, and she likes beer, she had a 16-pack of four Belgian beers. Hmm. Lefay, um, mm. Moon Garden. Mm. Moon Garden is the original Blue Moon. Let's just call it what it is. Mm. Um, and I don't remember what the other two was. Either way, I tried the Lefe, I fell in love with it. I tried mm-hmm. the Ugar, and I fell in love with that. So once I had that experience and I had that craft beer that the person gave me, I said, you know what, I'm just going to go over here and try it. Alice stuff. in Wonderland, here you go. Rabbit yep. hole, here you go. So I yep. go over there and I eventually start buying um, anything that's from Belgium. Mm-hmm. Anything. I don't care what it was, whether it was the, the Lefe, whether it was the uh, Trappies, whether it was... Um, uh, what is it called? St. Bernardus is what it is. I tried pretty much anything I can get my hands on. Mm. from Belgium. And from that point, I said, you know what? I like these. Let me try the stuff we have over here in America. Right. So once I started getting into that experience, that just opened up my palate. And I just was like, you know what? I'm hooked. This is what it is. Worst part about it is your wallet gets hurt. The yeah, most. yeah. That was going to be one of my questions later. Like, is it an expensive habit to have? But, you know, you're at some point, your habit... Um, the thing that you love to do is going to put money in your pocket. Mm-hmm. It's going to recycle, as we were talking about yesterday. So, um, But that's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when, when you're looking for beer uh, to review, um, 
What, what types of beer? Do people just come and say, hey, I want you to review my beer? Or do you go out and look for a beer and say, I haven't you know, had this one, I want to do a review on it? How, how does that work? What do you I've actually for? had a mix of it where I've had people who send me beer that are you know from a brewery, um, and I've had people who just like that I review beer, mm-hmm. and I think it might be the, as that one guy said, the, the novelty, whatever that is, a black man doing oh, it. Yeah. But they'll say, you know what, I respect what you're doing. I'm not um, in the industry, but you know what? I have some good stuff. Let me send it to you. I just want to know your thoughts. So I've had a mix of both. And um, it's been more so people who um, just like my my message and what I'm trying to do through it. And they haven't been in the industry. They're Mm. just fans of craft beer, so they'll send me stuff. So it's been more so of that than anything. Oh, that's that's actually pretty sweet. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Where people actually think about you uh, because of the message that you carry, uh, because of the, the facts that, one, like I said earlier, a black man in an industry that's predominantly white. Yes. Um, and when you are able to speak that language when it comes to beer and the science of crafting beer, like we were, that's an empty can that hit the floor. Uh, but um, when, you're, when you're able to speak that language like we were yesterday taking that tour and you're able to see things differently mm-hmm. um, for a person like me that's a novice, like I'm just in it because I like beer and I, I want to see the highest the taste with the highest ABV. That's definitely a thing. Yeah, I want to see how that blends, and some stuff it just isn't. So um, it's actually a really good thing because, again, one, you're a black male doing this, so you're showing people that, yeah, we are different than what you think. And then they step out and say, hey, I recognize you, and I'm going to send you some stuff to review and tell me what you think because, I mean, let's face it, in business, you need to market to everyone. Facts. So, and if you're not marketing to everyone, then you shouldn't be in business. I agree, but I think the problem with that is this is a, a white-dominated uh, culture, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact is, we are the innovators and the originators of this thing that is now craft beer. Oh, yeah. um, because when you think of beer itself, the ri- origins of it started in Africa. Mm-hmm. Whether it was women who started it first or men, and I'm going to say most likely it was probably the women who were doing it first because they were the ones who were the... The, uh, the creators, the, the suppliers yeah. of everything. So most likely it was women who started this first. And then it became something where once it got to America, they realized they can get money off it. Of course, you know, that's how it works. The white man sees something they can get money off of. You know what? Let's get involved in this. And in be our, honest in with capitalist you, democracy. Yes. And to be honest <laughs> with you, back in the day when we were still slaves, which, you know, we are in a form of that. And that's another topic. But back don't, in the day. Don't push the yay button right now. <laughs> I'm a Gemini, so I got some of them traits, but I can stay on top of it. But you know, we'll have another day for the yay button. I'm with it. Um, back in the day, you have an, an escaped slave who was a brewmaster. Mm-hmm. So we had this is inherent in us. These are things that we had in us for generations, and somehow got lost along um, transition and stuff, and got lost in time. And again, our point of reference. So we don't have these options where we grew up at. We don't have these things available to us. If you go to our corner stores where we grew up at, right. you already know it's in there. Right. So, of course, as I said, being in this, this industry, and I'm not in the industry, but being in this sort of environment, it's white dominated, and you're going to experience a little bit of bad and negative uh, and positive with it. And me, I've experienced more positive than negative, but I know for a fact that when it's people, out there. Right? Oh, yeah, it's out there. But when people see that you are true to who you are, they're going to support no matter what. Yeah, I, I was telling you yesterday when we were talking, um, it was like two hours to get to the Southern Tier Brewery. Um, I, I remember <laughs> before that, 
um, is it Friday where the guy couldn't say brewery? <laughs> I can't think of the movie know, yeah. where he was talking about, um, but it's it's a black film, and I hate saying that, but that'll help you look at the film. It might have been you can't drink your juice in the hood. I don't even know how to say that title anymore. Um, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice. That's it. Yeah, it might have been that where the guy was saying brewer, brewer, brewery. He couldn't couldn't say brewery like black people can't say brewery. Because your mouth just doesn't form the same way. Um, and every time I think about saying it, I have to make sure I'm going to say it that way because that was such a funny uh, thing that I've seen. It's got to be a, a, movie, a Friday movie or something. I don't know. But um, So what we'll do now is we'll take a quick break. Um, we're going to play some of your favorite music, and then we'll come back um, after that with some more questions with the black bearded nerd. <laughs> can hit the floor now i had to go and refill up but uh we're we're back um and welcome back to neat comma straight up or on the rocks a podcast and ask you 
How do you like your life? And again, today we're uh, sitting down with the black bearded nerd. Please spell bearded again for people. B-E-E-R-D-E-D. All right. And give them your uh, social media stuff again, too. So. You can follow me on uh, IG at black bearded nerd. Same spelling, black bearded nerd. And also the same thing on YouTube. You can follow me on there. And if you want to just email, you can email me at contact at blackbeardednerd.com. All right. Sweet. So... Uh, this section, what we're going to do is, uh, I'm just going to ask you some stuff about you. Uh, so tell me about you, yourself. You know, mm -hmm. I know it's a, a really wide spectrum, but, you know, family, uh, where you're from, stuff like that. Okay. Well, um, I'm not going to tell you where I was born at, but I grew up in Buffalo pretty much most of my life. Um, I call Buffalo my home. I've lived in different places, but the city of Buffalo, New York, is my home. Um married i have three kids uh i am what i what we would consider the the not the norm because in our in our neighborhoods we grow up being boxed in and we were thought to be one way mm -hmm. but i'm not your norm i like to watch sci-fi i like to watch anime mm -hmm. which is you know frowned upon back when i was younger i love 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 to read um i just read a 700 page book in 10 11 hours last week um, and I haven't done that in years because mm. I don't really have the time, but I'm just a well-rounded person. I love good music. I don't do the new age hip-hop unless you're talking maybe J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, mm. um, even some Wale in there. But, um, I'm, I'm, you know, Ooh, you missing, you know, that's a flagrant file right there. Which one? You're missing the female artists. Me and you go back and forth sending each other different female artists like Rhapsody, Okay, so, okay, yeah, so I figured you was going to talk about, uh, what's, what's the sister's name? Um, the one uh, you sent me? Yeah, I can't think of her name right now from these, from Virginia. I can't think of her name right now, but she's legendary and she's fire with what she drops. Yep. So yeah, I forgot. I apologize. I can't think of the sister's <laughs> name, but you know, that's, that's my vibe. Yep. That's what I do. Yeah. That's good. Cause I, I had to bring that up. I couldn't let you off the hook on that one. Yeah. I like that. Listen, I'm with it. I get the critique, but also let me throw in too. I love my outcast. Oh, no doubt. I love my Bone Thugs and Harmony. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I take it back to the 90s. I love my old school, old school jazz. Yeah. John yeah, you Coltrane. Know that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know that. Yeah. I got big band CDs. So I've been listening to old school jazz since I was, I don't even remember how young. But I have big band CDs and people found it weird. I used to carry around those CDs when you had, you know, yeah. a CD player in your car. Yeah, I don't know how many people got CD players in their car anymore. I think I'm I like the do. only one. <laughs> well, I that's it, do. me and you. <laughs> and um, used to have the little thing on the visor with all the CDs in it. Yes. And I'll have my Ella Fitzgerald and a whole bunch of big band, Dizzy Gillespie, just a whole bunch of stuff and just pop it in. Like, Doop! I'm on a long drive, so let me listen to something that's going to entertain me <laughs> and enhance my uh, my creativity. I loved mm -hmm. it. It's the whole name, Daydream the DJ. I love the uh, Daydream, so... Uh, so, well, you talked about where you were from, and this next question is about food, your favorite food. And I'm hoping you're going to mention something that uh, I remember eating at your house one day. So, what's your favorite food, or some of your favorite foods? All right. If I can get it all the time, um, pizza is my go-to. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about my real favorite food, right? Mm -hmm. Gumbo. Yep. That is part of my uh, my other story where I said um, 
I'm from Buffalo. I call Buffalo my home, but I have roots in Louisiana. I have roots in Mississippi, but specifically New Orleans, Louisiana. So um, I have Creole heritage. Um, my grandmother taught me a lot of the traditional recipes from there. You're talking about gumbo, red beans and rice, mm. um, crawfish etouffee, mm. um, jambalaya, mm. dirty rice. You know what I'm saying? You Some of that it. stuff, when you cook it, we freeze it. After we eat it at your house, we bring it here, yes. we freeze it because we don't know when the next time you're yes. going to cook it. I got some that I got to bring out this year uh, that I have still frozen. So you already know when I bring out the freezer, I'm bringing some over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and back it up a little bit because we're going to you know, spend a little bit more time on you during this section. Um, like you personally, not the black bearded nerd so much. Uh, but um, you're... You are a friend of my wife first because you guys went to high school. Right? Yeah. So I don't even want to know what it was like being in high school with her because I'm pretty much sure it was the same. She's never changed. Well, here's what it is. I didn't go to high school with her, but I know her from my um, best friend and that, I'm, that I knew in high school, which is also her best friend. Mm -hmm. So we met that way. And me and her have a huge organic relationship. That's like my sister. We've, we've hit it off. I remember back, man, maybe 2001, 2002, me and her would be on the phone for hours just mm -hmm. talking about nothing. That's like my sister right there. So me and you met through that that relationship. Yeah. And um, I absolutely, I love your wife. I ain't going to say her name, but I love her. Oh, it's um, all right. She even, she did some drops for me. I had to, you know, pull her fingernails out in order to get them, <laughs> get her voice on <laughs> We used to call it wax back in the day. Yeah. But I had to pull fingernails out just to get her to do a drop for me um, for my DJ sessions every Friday night. So it's all right. I call Shayla all the time. So, <laughs> you dropped the name. She's not going to be here today. So when I start DJing at night, I might go to midnight because most nights I'm like 11 o'clock. She's like, okay, it's over. Well, see, if I tell her I got a specific beer here, she might pop up randomly just because. Yeah, she'll leave work. Mm -hmm, she exactly. will leave work to come get that beer. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. Did she drink the one I gave you on yesterday? Nope, it's sitting up there. So I'm you better not to, touch it either. I, yeah, <laughs> she, she looked at it this morning when she left. She put it in the bag, and she looked in the bag to make sure it was still in make the sure bag. you didn't touch it. And then she asked me about something in the bag that was missing, right? Uh -huh. The jam. Like I got to remember to give you the jam from Jennifer yes, so yes, yes. before you leave. Um, but um, she asked me about some jam that was missing in this bag that she put yo the beer you gave her for her birthday in, right? Mm -hmm. Just to let me know. That's how much I know my wife. Just to let me know that she checked that bag to make sure that beer was still in there. But she asked me <laughs> about the jam. So I went a little further and called her when she got to work. And I was like, did you find that jam you were looking for? She's like, oh, it rolled under the seat. I was like, yeah, I bet it did. You yeah. wanted to make sure I didn't drink that damn beer. Yeah. Because I, I had a dream about that beer. I ain't going to lie to you. And we had a, a nice conversation about beer yesterday. But I had a dream, a nice conversation about dreams yesterday. Mm. You and I had a, really good conversations about dreams yesterday. But mm. uh, I had a, a dream about that beer that we had actually opened it at your house last night when we were talking and we drank that one and gave her a different one. So she noticed it. This was all the dream, right? So okay. in my dream, she, she noticed that the beer was different. And she got up this morning and she said something to me about it. Like, this isn't the beer Rand gave me. And I was just like, and I woke up and that was my dream. Like, oh shit, she got the wrong beer. We must have drank that beer. And that's my thought process. Like, we must have drank that beer and we was talking shit yesterday. And then 
I don't know what to think or say. And then she's going to ask me about something in the bag mm-hmm. with the beer. And I was like, I hope that's the same beer. Well, guess what? Here's the benefit <laughs> of that. Here's the benefit of that. I got another one of them. Oh, great. And number two, well, I don't have it on me, but number two, they actually release those every year. That's a Belgian okay. beer. You know, like I said, my favorite. That's one of those. But they release them every year. So I might go to my favorite store and pick it up. And when I go to that store, which is Premier, yeah. you know, I hate to drop it. It ain't sponsoring us. But anyways. Now she told me to go today to pick up the beer for our session. And I was just like, ah, no, I'm not going to go there because I'll be there all day. Which store did she mention? The Premier. Same one? Yeah. yeah. I was standing there, there all day looking like I'm like, oh my God, uh, listen. overwhelmed. I go in there and uh, my wife gives me a, a limit, a budget. You got this amount of money you can spend. And I start in Belgium. I start in Belgium and I end up in the USA. But I always come back to Belgium. That's hilarious. Yeah. Always. Just to make sure I didn't miss nothing. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. All right. So um, away from the gumbo, because, you know, when we get closer to spring and summer, we're going to be talking about that again, trying to get some more gumbo. Um the favorite music and favorite artist. What what is your favorite music and favorite artist? Um favorite music would be uh hip hop and R and B. When I wake up in the morning and I'm going to work, I want to hear something relaxing, specifically the older stuff, the nineties, um eighties, even shoot, seventies and sixties. Like mm-hmm. I might want to wake up to Earth Wind and Fire. Mm-hmm. Um I might want to wake up to Tina Marie and, and Rick James. But um that's my go to and as far as hip hop, you know, Nas is the GOAT. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I uh, love J. Cole. I, man, J. Cole to me is um, a new age Nas. A little mm-hmm. bit more refined and some different things in there. I love Kendrick. He has a little bit of that mix as well. And I also love, I like Jay-Z. I got my, uh, my OGs too, but my favorite, favorite that nobody's topping it is Tupac. That's just my opinion. Uh, I, I'll, I'll give you some of that. Um... And my question was for you, not for me. <laughs> um, I think, you know, Tupac changed the generation. Uh, but there were many faces to Tupac. Yes. As the Gemini he was. So mm-hmm. um, there's a different reason. I guess my top five would be structured differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's people. I, 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 I Actually, I couldn't. I don't think I could have a top five. I think that's just too hard. You know, when you talk about. You really have to put it in genres, and then you have to put it in, um, what are you technically talking about? Are mm-hmm. we talking about an MC? Are we talking about a poet? Or are we talking about somebody that can rock a crowd, right? And then there's one person I know for sure that does all that, and that's KRS-One, right? I knew he was going to say There's There's nothing like you, when you watch KRS-One, you can't, you, you're excited by the way he moves the crowd, but then when you listen to KRS-One, you're excited by the way his rhyme, his lyrical phrases are, and his metaphors and similes, and then the knowledge he drops on you. And then there's just KRS-One, right? Like, KRS-One's from the hood, will not lie about being from the hood, will tell you how he's grown from where he was, the drugs and stuff he used to sell and all the other stuff, how he changed his life, how he has a family, different things and stuff like that. And then that he's still not my number one. But I'm I'm enamored by somebody like that because yes. the skill it takes to do what he does, like he'll battle you and it will not be something that you heard before. It'll be right off the top of his head. That's how poetically inclined he is. And he's still, still not my number one, right? Mm-hmm. So um that's why I said I can't I don't think I could have a top five. I don't I, I'd change it every other day. I do, but my top five, the four and fifth revolve depending on how I feel. 
But as of right now, my four and five is J. Cole and Kendrick. Mm -hmm. But they that rotates. It might be somebody who I forgot about. It might be Raekwon. I might bump J. Cole out and put Raekwon up there. I might bump Raekwon out and put Ghostface up. I might bump them out and put um, Busy Bone up there. It, right. just, it right. depends on how I feel in that moment. But <laughs> well, the you top said a three, name. You didn't say a name, though. Which one? You didn't say a name. What you going to say? Maybe Big Daddy Kane? Big Daddy Kane is awesome. Okay. I'm I'm a huge Big Daddy Kane fan, but Big Daddy Kane's time was deaded by Notorious B.I.G. Yes, yes it was. And Notorious B.I.G. What he did to the, to the game was just it's a whole nother like. So I I, I like people like um, Shaquille O'Neal, mm -hmm. right? They had to put the little dotted circle in front of the rim, yeah. the three second lane for him. He changed the game, yep. right? So for he'll forever be a legend, right? They had to put a three-point line down, right? Because Will Chamberlain was scoring; he was averaging fifty points. You see what I'm saying? Right. Um, they had to. And Kobe, when, truth be told, Kobe was was shooting threes like nobody was shooting them until Steph came. I was just about to say until Steph. Steph came and then just made it a you know a miracle thing. Or um, uh, Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller was. This is this is back when I used to watch basketball. Reggie, Reggie Miller, Miller was nice, but he came off a lot of screens like Rip Hamilton. You know, it came yeah. off a lot of screens, and it wasn't necessarily always a three. It was those corner threes, right? But that was great too. I, I'm a, you know, I got, I can't give Reggie Miller a lot because I'm a huge Knicks fan. Mm -hmm. So I can't give him a whole lot. I was impressed with it, but um, <laughs> what what Biggie did was kind of like that, where he was at a level where he changed the game. Um, and then he didn't write it down. He definitely did not. Which somebody else took that same style. Yeah, uh, you already know who that is. Yeah. Well, then he took it and he just ran. There's nothing you can... I mean, if you're going to be a good MC, that's what I was talking about with yeah. KRS-One. Like, you, he'll battle you right now, mm -hmm. right? And there's that story. Um, I was watching Drink Champs, and it's not a shameless ploy. We're not being paid by Drink Champs or none of that. But I was watching Drink <laughs> Champs with KRS-One, and they asked him about the time that they ran up on, a, on a PM Dawn um, mm -hmm. and threw PM Dawn off the stage at their own concert. Now I gotta watch this episode. Yes, and he was like, "Yeah, we did it." I was like, "Yo," he was like, he was talking shit about us. Yeah, and he was doing a tour, and the only place that they can come in New York was this place, this place, this place. So we knew that there was gonna be one out of three, and then we realized they wasn't gonna be here, and then we understood from the street team and all this other stuff they was gonna be here. Mm -hmm. So we just ran up on them and tossed them off the stage. I was gonna battle them on the stage, but it started, and then whoosh, threw them off the stage. You know what it is with KRS One. <laughs> Could you imagine seeing that? In yeah, I would love world? to see that. Somebody I would love to see off that. The stage. I would love to see that <laughs> because you're talking about competition here, and I don't know whatever the underlying beef was between the two. Just talking. He was just PM Don was just greasy. He yeah, was talking. Greasy. I believe that because they had a big hit at the time. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Set adrift from Henry Blitz, which was sick. Yeah, I hate to say it, but that song. Sick. Yes. Sad drift up memory and you know what's so crazy? Da, 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 you can't da, da, find that anywhere on Apple Music. No. It's always a re remix of somebody else's version of it. You can't find it anywhere. Or they hit so. them with the De La Soul. Yes, that's exactly own, what happened. They own the rights to it. That's exactly what happened. They hit them with the De La Soul. And but this is what I was get it back. You get it back. There goes an empty ball. I'm out of falling. I'm fucking up all over the place. <laughs> this is what I was getting to, you know, as you're trying to chase the bottle. Oh, um, <laughs> I ain't doing it. It rolled over the other side of the What I was getting to it was is, empty. It definitely was. <laughs> so that was a benefit. Um, when it comes to, to hip-hop, 
I feel like you need to have a unique voice. And KRS One's voice, mm -hmm. it's 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 loud. It's very energetic. It's a voice that would and and uh, draw you in there. Mm -hmm. It it gets you in um in a mold. You have energy based off it, and he has that voice that can just move the crowd. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what makes people stand apart. You can have good lyrics all day, but how does your voice sound? Mm -hmm. For example, it's the voice. It's mostly most the voice. Rhymes. Yep. Nas, even Jay Z's voice is unique. Boosie, mm -hmm. Tupac, mm -hmm. uh, Lil Baby, but people, people's voices to me it mm -hmm. resonate. It, it it creates different things, and I feel like that's what makes you who you are. You have to have a unique voice so you can stand out. On top of having your own little rap style, you can't et forget the Guru from Gangstar. Ooh, his voice was. It's mostly the voice that gets you up. <laughs> we we could talk hip hop all day. So let yeah. me let me. Let me move on. Let me ask you some more questions. Okay. So why why did you choose the name the Black Bearded Nerd? Well, first of all, we all you know this is evident. I'm black, so yeah. you can't you can't uh, dodge that. Can't change it. Yeah, you can't change that. The bearded. I have a beard. You know, it's pretty long. Um, <laughs> Not James I, Harden type. type yeah, though, right? it, ain't, it ain't. But it's but it's it's there. It's close. Uh, but. What I wanted to do was kind of have a little funny play on it. So it's not spelled beard as in, you know, you have a beard on your face. It's spelled beer right. as in drinking beer and then beard it. So that worked. And then the nerd aspect is for me as a person. I'm nerdy. I'm into Star Wars. Yeah. I'm into uh, Disney stuff, you know, mm. in Star Wars, mm. Marvel. Mm. We love DC, me and you. That's mm -hmm. our thing right yep. there. Batman you know, Batman. Yep. So I'm nerdy, man. I'm very, very nerdy. And I feel like that just worked perfectly. And it's funny because it took me probably three weeks to come up with it. I was kind of going back and forth with different names. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? This one sticks. It just felt right. So what was the second one that almost was the first? Uh, black bearded beer geek. Oh, yeah. No. It just was too much. Yeah. It was too much, and it wasn't. Yeah, it just yeah. it wasn't flowing right. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing this. This is a bit more simplistic. It has a little bit of play on words. It works. Can't really market with that something like that. Nah, you can't. Yeah, because then you'll be telling people the name over and over and over again. Yeah. 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 Um, well, you know, you know how much of a nerd I am. Welcome to the Purple Rain Studio. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> And, and even in the Purple Rain studio, you still got Star Wars, you still got Batman. I love you it. You still got Marvel, you still got DC, but it's primarily the Purple Rain studio with pictures of Prince and just craziness. Video it's, games all over the place. So, And I definitely didn't want to disrespect Prince because Prince is an icon, a legend. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny because I knew of him when I was a kid. My parents used to play him, but I didn't really, really get into him until I got older. So I forgot to drop him in there when I'm talking about the music. Oh, no, music. that's cool. So. As you can tell, I don't care whether you like Prince or not. <laughs> I like Prince. And oh, that's, we know. that's one of the things that Prince taught me at a young age. Uh, when I first heard his music, his first album, I could not believe what I was hearing because nothing else was, like, it didn't touch the radio. Mm -hmm. That first album, I don't even know how I came across it. Um, and then I was just like, the album cover where he's damn near naked and there's all kinds of graffiti on the back wall and all the other shit. And I was just like, this dude. And then I was like, well, let me listen to what he's saying. That's when you used to go back to the record store. Let's go back. Mm. And you would flip through, finger flip through the CDs, the cassettes and shit like that. And you look. And I picked it up and I just looked at it and was like, this looks 
interesting. Mm-hmm. And I just like, okay, well, you know, whatever. And then I listened to it, and I was just like, mind blown. Like, I'm laying in bed listening to just the freedom. Yeah. Right? Uh, being a foster care kid, my life was disrupted, um, ending up in foster care, and then figuring out, trying to figure out where I was going to grow and who I was going to be in this life, right? Like, because... We weren't being taught that. Like you said earlier, we were just the products of the environment that we were in. So if we drank Coke 45, it was because we did, because that was the neighborhood we were in and that was the beer, right? So nice. that's how Prince became an icon of my life. Like the greatest performer ever, greatest artist ever to me is Prince. And there's no one that's going to top that because I was able to say, well, shit, if I like to... If I like to walk down the street half naked, then I like to walk down the street half naked. I don't care what mm-hmm. you think. I don't care what nobody thinks. I'm free to do what I want to do. Now, what do you think about this when you talk about Prince? Um, first off, rest in peace to Prince and Rick, Rick James, a yeah. local legend and icon. No doubt. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, people say that Rick James are like, uh, Prince, you copy my style. You open up shows for me. Definitely. How do you feel about that? That's true. Okay. All right. That's true. Prince, Prince copied a lot of people, but there you go, crack it over. Yeah. Prince, Prince copied a lot of people. The problem is, is that Prince was on tour with Rick James, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so once he copied Rick James' style, um, Rick James was actually jealous of Prince because Prince would shut down the show. Yes, he before, was. Before, like, so back then you would have to do, the, the headliner would come last. And they made the mistake of having Prince go first. Right, so Prince wasn't just shutting it down with, with Rick James. He was shutting it down everywhere, and these artists didn't want. So they kind of catapulted Prince into his own independent, where I'm just going to have all this music and do my own shows without openers and all the other stuff, because I got all this music, mm-hmm. because they did not want Prince to open for them because of what he did. So, And Rick James has testimony on record stating that you know Prince stole my style, but... Prince was that dude. Like okay. he shut it down, and I couldn't do anything. I go out there after that and try mm-hmm. to try to put up a show. And it's, a, it's some of those stories that people talk about when they talk about DMX. Yes. Don't let yes. don't let X go first. Yes. Because X shut the show down, and there's no coming back. Jay Z's uh, a, a hell of a performer, right? He puts on a hell of a show, mm-hmm. and he'll tell you, I made the mistake of letting X go first. And I had to come behind him. And he was like, one of the tactics I used was allowing more time in between X's show and the DJs performing and then dead silence and stuff like that. And then I would go so that it would just change the atmosphere because X has so much energy. And see, that's what I'm talking about. But when you think of, of X, X was that same person, unique voice. Yep. He had, he moved the crowd. He was very unique on the way that he was even barking on song. Mm. You know what I mean? Like growling. Said, Yo, barking, growling, everything. Mm. And when people talk about X, they talk about his, his heart, how he was as a person, mm-hmm. how he did his music, how he had a very good work ethic despite his uh He was a functional crackhead. Yes. This is what we talked about that. yesterday. We talked about yeah. that despite yesterday. Despite the fact that he was you know, a functional crackhead. Yep. Um, X enthralled me. I remember hearing him for the first time on LL Cool J's song. 
Oh, five, four, three, two, yes. one. Yeah. Oh. And I said, why did y'all let him go oh. before y'all? Yep. I'm not even gonna lie. That's what I said to myself. Nobody else's verse mattered after that. After that, it didn't matter. And L Cool J finished it. And I said, well, X got you in that one. Yeah. Whoever this DMX guy is, he got you. That's what I said. And then he turned around and dropped two platinum albums in one year. Back to back. One year. Two platinum albums in one Multi-platinum. year. Multi-platinum. Yep. I was like... And I remember riding around in my homeboy Terrence, his Ford Escort, when we first heard... Was it Flesh of My Flesh? I think was the first DMX album. Uh, it's Dark and Hell is Hot. Yeah, there you go. Right, just the entrance Ooh. on that song. Swiss mm. Beats was really killing the fruity, t- fruity loops. Is what he was using back then. He got sued for using that shit. Yeah, and that's when we used to be able to get fruity loops on the uh, was it the PlayStation. The, the first, the one um, PlayStation with the, the CD that popped open. Yes, PlayStation One. They had a uh, game called uh, MTV Music Generator. Yep, I remember that, that I too. used to make beats on there. Yep. I thought I was a producer and all that. Swiss beats, man. Swiss beats. And he got sued for doing that shit. Yeah. But it, they, that, he definitely, X was just, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, we have to do is. that another day. <clears throat> all right, so um, what's, what's, um, what, what made you begin to start with your, your video log, your vlog? Okay. Um, we went, me and my wife went to uh, Turks and Caicos uh, three years ago. Most beautiful place I've ever been to in the world. And mm. I've been to a lot of beautiful places. The most beautiful place I've been to and people look like us. Yeah. So I love that. <laughs> um, They're out there. Yes. They're just not trapped in the ghetto we in the United trapped States. In the ghetto. Yeah, <laughs> our diaspora is, is huge. We all over. <laughs> but um, went there. I came back home. I had Or in Atlanta. <laughs> or all black people Yo, in Atlanta. That's a whole nother conversation. Talking about <laughs> Atlanta. That's a yeah. place that I would love to move back to and just settle down and get some acres of land. Mm-hmm. This conversation me and you had yeah, yesterday, yesterday and yeah. build on that. We can come back to it later. But um I came back from Turks and Caicos and I posted a review on TripAdvisor. Mm. I got probably twenty or thirty thousand people that looked at that review. Mm. And, you know, commenting just left thumbs up and stuff like that. So after I did that and I started posting reviews, if I went to a food restaurant, I would take pictures and post it up and mm-hmm. I would see it might be ten or 12,000 or even 20 or 30, sometimes more than that, that would look at it mm-hmm. or, you know, leave a thumbs up or whatever. So my wife was like, you know what? You like beer. You get a response on this. Why not do the same That's thing? That's how you know you married the right one. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to, to do that and it just worked like... I don't always have the most views, you know, it, it, it goes upon what's trending and that's mm-hmm. what a lot of people do. And I, I try to stay away from what's trending. I do what I feel like I want to view at that moment mm-hmm. and what I feel is true to me. But um, I get love in there. And I, as I said, I speak my truth. I'm very organic. I'm very straightforward. I'm not going to lie about it. And that's what keeps me grounded because I have an integrity involved in there. I don't care if it's the hottest beer out to what everybody else says. If I say the shit's garbage, it's garbage. It's garbage, right. That's what it is. Right. So, yeah, that's what I did, and I've been doing this for, man, I, matter of fact, my anniversary for two years is actually coming up. Sweet, man. Yeah, that's and if awesome. it didn't, I think it already passed. You see, it, I, I done done some Sometimes you just got. get caught, yeah. Yeah. Man, so. Somebody told me um, you got to do 100 episodes. I don't think I'm near 100 episodes yet. I'm at 85 right now. Yeah, so you just got to... Once you get to that hundred, I'm like, okay, so then what's next? That's why I was saying yesterday. So what is the what is the evolution of the black 
bearded nerd, right? Like clothing, I saw your mask yesterday, you know, you sell the drinking glasses. What's the evolution? You know, you're going to brew your own beer. What, mm-hmm. What's going to, you know, what's the, the future of who you started out to be mm-hmm. to where you're going? Because in this life, um, it's, um, you know, in those three, the id, the ego, the super ego, you know, yes. the, the father, the son, the Holy Ghost, there's always got to be an evolution from where you started. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to crawl before you, you got to be born and you got to crawl and you got to walk, you know, stuff like that. So right. what's the evolution of the black bearded nerd? Um, what I'd like to see myself doing, okay, so as of right now, I do my beer reviews. Mm-hmm. I uh, post up beer stuff I do. Um, I also, since I'm nerdy, I have a podcast or, or vlog I do with uh, a brother and a sister. They're both in California. One's from Detroit uh, originally, and the other one's from um, Oakland, California. We do Black Nerd Fridays. That's pretty sweet. So that happened organically. Me and a brother from um, Oakland, we had similar um, taste types. So we all three like beer, but mm-hmm. we all three like anime. We all three like sci-fi, etc. And um, that's that happened in, in organically. We've been doing that every Friday. Throw, throw your um, plug. When when does it happen? Every Friday, eight p.m. Eastern. YouTube, Twitch, and um, Facebook Live. Black Nerd Fridays. It's all one word. I absolutely love Twitch, by the way. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. Well, the evolution um, of me, I would love to um, eventually be brewing beer, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna actually start home brewing on. Very soon, I'm waiting on some things to get in place for that. Mm-hmm. As far as my glassware, pretty much everything that I sell, normally it sells out within, I'm going to say, maximum a month. Mm. And I may have like some spare glassware around, and I can say, all right, I got one if somebody reaches out for it. But most of the time, it sells out. Um, well, I'm just so you know, your, your friend has broken a glass a week. Has so she I'm broken sure. that glass? Not that glass. Okay. So I have okay. this thing where we're running out of cabinet space. With glass, coffee mugs, and all the other stuff. Yeah. So all of a sudden, the the um, the dishwasher has been breaking glass, and she sits them on the counter. Mm-hmm. And I walk past, and I'm like, "Oh man, did I do that? You know, was I washing dishes and I put it in the, the tray too hard?" And she goes, <laughs> "No, the dishwasher broke it." And I'm like, "You're not upset about that? You used to get really upset about that." So I know that she's probably preparing to get some of that merch for Christmas, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. I like that idea because I actually, first off, let me say this. My glass cannot be put in the dishwasher because it'll take the label off there. Well, these are just plain beer oh, yeah. glasses or whatever. So All right, yeah. so we good on there then. Yeah. Number two, um, I'm in the process of making sure the fabric is right. And I'm going to be dropping some merch because I have a hoodie that I wear and I wear it in. Special place if we go to beer events. You've seen that. Yeah, yeah, at yeah, the yeah. New York State Beer Festival. We were talking so, about it last night. I'd love yes, a t-shirt and, and uh, some hoodies and oh, shit. Oh, yeah, you already know. Too, so, yeah. You already know. We're going to make that happen. Yeah. You already know. So I would love for that to happen. Um, and, and the most important point that I like to do is not only make sure that people see that we are out here as mm-hmm. far as black people, but also to expand and let everyone know that black people are not a monolith. Mm-hmm. We are all, we're independent, but we also like different things. We all don't just like Coke 45. We all don't just <laughs> like to watch hood movies. We like different shit. So what I want to do is make sure that I expand that. And right now, my biggest way to do that would be through the Internet because COVID came and that fucked up a whole lot of people's lives. So we're able to um, talk to people and, and, and reach audiences that you may not be able to do in person. Listen, you the amount of podcasts... That has grown during COVID alone 
has it just it's a, you can call it an an entire revolution. Mm-hmm. You know how in school we used to learn about specific revolutions that have yep. changed and made history. You can describe and talk about the fact that the internet itself was a revolution, right? Yes, it the was. industrial revolution, stuff like that. This was a technological revolution, and what the amount of podcasts and people who want to interview people or talk about people or just bring people like I, I've heard some really good hood podcasts. Like I, it almost made me want to do a podcast on just snitching. Like, yeah, are when you we... snitching and is people snitching and then you can see it all in the news like people are actually dry snitching and then I was like no nah, I don't want to do that so <laughs> it, 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 we'll talk off off uh, the podcast off about this because I don't want to plug anybody but I can guarantee you me and you watching the same one or yeah. listening to the or same listen one listen to the same mm-hmm. one yeah so yeah. alright so let's do this let's uh, let's take another break uh, this break is going to be a Tupac song um, and then uh, because you mentioned Tupac is your favorite artist Yes. Um, so we'll do a Tupac break for this um, this little interlude here, and then we'll come back, and then we'll wrap up with the Black Bearded Nerd here on Neat, comma, Straight Up or On The Rocks, the podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? I couldn't help but notice your pain. My pain? It runs deep. Share it with me. Take me alive, I'm getting high with my profile Cocked on these suckers, time to die Even as a youngster, causing ruckus on the back of the bus I was a fool all through high school, kicking up dust But now I'm labeled as a troublemaker Who can you blame? Smoking weed help me take away the pain So I'm hopeless, rolling down the freeway Swerving, don't worry, I'm about to crash up on the curb Cause my business is blurry, maybe if they tried to understand me What should I do? I had to feed my fucking family What else could I do? I'm slanging with the homies, fuck hanging with them phonies in the club Got my mind, no danger, never been a stranger to homicide My city's full of gangbangers and drive-bys Why do we die at an early age? He was so young, but still a victim of the 12-gauge My memories of a corpse, mind full of sick thoughts And I ain't going back to court, so fuck what you thought I'm drinking in the sea, running from my enemies Will I let them be 23 and so much pain? On that rough life, running crazy wild as a kid and growing tough with a knife. But living trife on the regular, walking out competitors. See a figure moving, chase them down like the fucking predator. Get me trouble every day in school. Act a fool, and you know I had to break every rule. Showing off for the bitches, cause I had the mad breath. So I had to watch my back when it was time to step. But my crime is the grimiest with love for me. Oh, pop, pop, it's in the sucker up above for me. And yo, currency kept passing me by, but I didn't. Cry. Bro got hit off of the pack and started selling coke And now the money's looking lovely Hop the drop top and now the bitches wanna rub me Kick them the game, it's all the same I kick it back, yo Give them slack, yo And now they label me the Mac, yo People check it, get disrespected If you're fun on the bird, man You heard, man Catch a couple shots from the Glock in my hand Damn, at least I'm realistic with my biscuit You know you get your ass twisted So up a cover Me and my man got a plan Kicking major dust So if you're Look for the gauge to bust A lot of pressure with the street fame 
It's a deep game, and my mama always crying, yo, there's so much pain. They got me mobbing like I'm loped and ready to get my slug on. I load my clip and slip my motherfucking gloves on. I ain't scared to blast only suckers if they test me. Trucks, I got my block, got a player if they press me. Bust some motherfuckers with a passion, better duckers, I ain't looking with them. Blasting number nothing, drinking in the sea and getting high on the lookout for my enemies. Don't want to die, tell me why, cause the stress getting major. A buck 50 cross the face with my razor. What can I do but be a thug until I'm dead and gone? Keep my brain on the game and stay headstrong. These sorry bastards want to kill me in my sleep. I'm really cannot see and every day is just a struggle. Steady thugging on the streets and I've been balling low. Don't let them make you worry, keep swinging at these suckers till you worried I was born away. From the gutter, work the mother on the track. I'm getting dust up, ready to bust. I'm on the scene, steady mugging me. Until they kill me, I'll be living this life. I know you feel me, there's so much pain. If you're looking at W Balls, everybody got to hear the shit on W Balls, W Balls. That was my shit. You know I got to have it I lay back in the cut, retain myself Think about the shit and I think it well How can I mix my grip? And how should I make that nigga straight slip? Said trip, gotta get Ebola's grip As I dip around the corner Now I'm on another mission Wishing upon a star Snoop Doggy Dog with the caviar In the back of the limo, no demo This is the real Breaking niggas down like he found a Holyfield Cheer to the next episode I make money and I really don't love hoes Tell you the truth, I swoop in the coop I used to sell loot, I used to shoot hoop But now I make hits every single day With that nigga, the Diggy Dr. Drake So lay back in the cut, motherfucker, before you get shot It's 187 on the motherfucking cop Getting hot, yes indeed it is Snoop Dogg is on the mic, I'm about as crazy as biz Marquis, Spark B, Chronic Bud real quick And let me get into some fly gangster shit Yeah, I lay back, stay back in the cut Niggas try to play the D.O.G. like a mutt I got a little message, don't try to see Snoop I'm finna fuck a bitch, what's her name, it's Luke You try to see me on the TV Use a BG, D.O. Double G, yes I'm a OG You can't see my homie Dr. Dre So what the fuck a nigga like you gotta say Gotta take a trip to the MIA And serve your ass with the motherfucking AK You can't see the D-Go-Double-G Cause that be me 
I'm serving them, swerving in the coupe. The Lexus flexes from Long Beach to Texas. Sexes, hoes, they wanna get what this Snoop Dogg is the shit. Biatch. Get to the plug, get Snoop, Doggy, I got a fat dub Sack of the chronic in my back pocket blow Need myself a lighter so I can't take a smoke I talk every day, I loke every day With the P-O-U-N-D and my nigga Dr. Dre Lay back in the cut like I told your ass Give me the microphone and let me hit you with a blast I got a little cousin by the name of Daz And bitches who fuck him, give me the ass Cause they know about the shit that we be going through And they know about the shit that I be putting up And they be know about the shit I do when I'm on a mic Cause Snoop Dogg is Trump tight like a virgin The surgeon is Dr. Drizze So Lizze and Plizze with Digo Double Jizzy The fly human being seeing No, I'm not European being all I can When I put the motherfucking mic in my hand And you don't understand what I'm kicking Cause Snoop is on the mic and I get so wicked Follow me, listen to me Cause I do you like you wanna be done Snoop Doggy Dog on the street 2-1 Um, dumb Dumb. Here I come with the gat and the guitar was strum. Um, not that lunatic nigga who you thought I was. When I caught you slipping, I'ma catch you, then I pull your cap. Snap back, relax. You better not be slipping with them D's on that 83 Cadillac. So we gon' smoke an ounce to this. G's up, hoes down, while your motherfuckers bounce to this. back um obviously we start talking about something different after that tupac interlude that tupac break and we also switched the movie so right now what are we watching black bearded nerd listen uh, og classic barry gordy's the last dragon no doubt barry gordy how about that no doubt so welcome back um to the purple rain studio and again you're listening to neat comma straight up or on the rocks a podcast that asks you how do you like your life? And today we are chatting with the black bearded nerd. What's up? What's up? What's going on, bro? All right, man. So uh, to continue to kind of the conversation we was talking about, um, actually, I picked up that bottle, by the way, if anybody's asking <clears throat> or wondering, I picked that bottle up that rolled all the way across the room during the break. Um, and I'm looking for something else to drink. So what did you bring today, sir? I can't really say it because, like you said, we ain't got no sponsorships unless you really want to talk about it. Uh, okay. I don't care. Yeah, you don't care? Yeah. Don't care. All right. Well, right now, I'm drinking on... Um, well, at this point, that's what that's what alcohol does to you. Yeah, you I guess. I guess you like, fuck it. We're going to go with it. Yeah. Listen, I'm drinking an OG East Coast IPA, Heady Topper. This is from um, Stowe, Vermont. If you've never had it before, I highly recommend it. And you can only get this at the brewery. Sometimes they'll ship it to different places, different breweries, and you can pick it up from there. But most of the time, it doesn't happen. And if it is going somewhere else, you pay inflated prices for it. This yeah, we used to have like, four packs of that shit just laying around the house here. Yeah, this is normally, I believe, $13 a four pack. But they uh, when they ship it out, you probably won't pay $40 a four pack. Yeah, so yeah we did. It is what it is. I couldn't believe we were spending that kind of money, but 
We yeah. wasn't spending no my, no money where else during the pandemic. We was in no. the house, so it was like forty bucks on a four pack. Okay, you want four, and I want four. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and normally, I, I finish my four before she finished her four, and then well, we're we asking her for four, right? <laughs> yeah, we know how you drink high ABV. You you like to play around with the care about dropping gym on them. <laughs> yeah, that's all I care about. Yep, there you go. Yeah. All right. So, um, uh, what else you bring? What else you put in there? Oh, let I, me let me go in my bag. Hold on. Yeah, because I'm going to need something else. And is this bag like a uh, Kanye West bag? Is this your house? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my house right here. This is my house. Because when he said that, I was like, yo, I'm feeling you, bro. I got, I'm feeling you. I got something. And when he said it's my house, but he mentioned his home was when he FaceTimed the dark. So that was deep. That was huge, yeah. And I just got off, off with my home. Yeah, you did. Um, you did, actually. Beals above. I did a review on this a couple months ago. This is American Imperial Stout. Uh, matter of fact. Oh, shit. Thank you. I will crack this open right now. Yeah, enjoy that. Enjoy that. And, and, and then I got a... Um, I'm trying to remember where the name Beelzebub comes from. I remember uh, watching biblical, the movie. I believe. Well, I watched the movie and it was like Beelzebub. Beelzebub. Yeah, I, I believe that might be biblical. Uh, it is, they twist it a little bit, but this is involving a bee. If you look at that can artwork, you got a, a honeybee on there. Um, um, some hops and oh, stuff. Beals. Yes, Beals. Okay. Beals, Beals of B-U-B. Beals of an American Imperial Stout. Yes. All right, let me, uh, oh, shoot, this 8. 8% mm -hmm. alcohol. Let me crack this open for y'all so you can hear it. You're not going to get that bubbly, sizzly sound that you want to hear, but I got it. All right, so, uh, ooh, good Lord, that is dark. Oh, yeah, that drank crazy. That's, ooh. that's. That's a good one. Alchemist puts out nothing but classic stuff. They don't do the the adjunct of the marshmallows and the peanuts and the uh, uh, lactose in there. They just brew it and, and do what they do. And this other one I have is um, from here in New York State. I don't know if I'm going to crack this one open. Um, no, nah, we probably won't make it through that. Yeah, I probably won't. This is Kinetics uh, from Equilibrium Brewery. Double IPA, 8.5% ABV. But we probably won't get to that one, but it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we ain't got nothing but time. Uh, you know, we, we was politicking between the break, listening to some music. Um, we took that time off and then came back. So uh, looking for some stuff to happen going forward. Um, and hopefully y'all part of it. Uh, but so when you when you um, because because I'm really into this beer right now. And the only way I learned how to smell the beer and try to get the nose was from watching you. Right. Like when, <laughs> when you we went to wine seminars and um, tasting wine is way different, right? You know, you want to swirl the wine, you want to get the flavors to, to mix with each other, you kind of want to let it sit. Then you want to smell to see how many different flavors you can smell with the wine. And then um, only only the really good wines you, you need to taste out of a glass, right? You can't mm -hmm. taste out of plastic. Me, I grew up, I'm, I'm a red solo cup person. <laughs> I used to get yelled at, like, my, my wife would be like, what are you drinking out of a red solo cup for? Get you a glass. And I'm like, it's no difference. It's beer. Nah, it's a difference. Yeah, so, you know, tell me, you know, what your process is when you're reviewing a beer. You know, how, how does that work? Um, I love to, you know, normally show a glass, excuse me, a can artwork. And then I pour it in a glass. And the glass, it really does. It accentuates the aromas and everything that you're supposed to get on there. Did I give you a glass when you got here? Yeah, you did, but oh, I ran okay. through that already. And any <laughs> topper, you don't drink out of a glass. So we all good. We all good. All right. Um, but yeah, you pour it in a glass, and um, you can look at the beauty of it, because I really like to look at how it looks in a glass to see the carbonation, etc. The most important part of a beer, which people 
may or may not realize is the head. Mm. That foam at the top when you pour it, that's what you're looking for because that gives you your aromas or what we call your nose. Mm. What you smell and when you smell it, it'll tell you whatever it, your, your nose may be. I don't care if it's, if it's a sour, it might be okay, I smell coffee, I might smell mm. uh, chocolate, I might smell um, roastiness. And then when you taste it, that's a different experience. That's your notes. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Does that make a the smell and the taste, you know, if you smell it, does it make a difference with the taste? Sometimes it does. I've had a nose of um, cherry and then I'll taste it and it doesn't taste that way. I've mm. had that a lot of times. And then me, I look at it as if I smell it and it smells good. Mm -hmm. The nose is there. Then I normally say the notes are going to be just good. Well, that's taste. what I was doing last night. Yeah. And I know y'all thought I was drunk. Like we, no, got, we, we even got a, a special taste of something that they don't even have a name for. I think it just had numbers. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was doing last night when I was like, I just want a beer that when you look at it, okay, you assume it's going to be one thing, but then when you taste it, it's going to take you to a whole other place. Like, oh, I didn't mm -hmm. expect that. And I was, I think I was pretty adamant about it by the time I finished that special beer they gave us. Yeah. So y'all might have thought I was drunk, but that's what I'm talking about. Like, I don't want to smell it and be like, oh, this is going to taste like a cream de mint or whatever mm -hmm. and then I'm going to taste cream de mint and be upset because there's a chalky side and all the other shit to it. Right. I want to get something that's going to give me, you know, a bing, something different. Like, oh my God, that came out of nowhere and then juicy and I like it. It sounds really, really Megan the Stallion when I say it, but I like it when it's nice <laughs> and wet. You know what I'm saying? You, you taste it, you enjoy it and you can sit there with an empty cup. That's mm -hmm. what I was doing yesterday with an empty cup. And I still had the taste in my mouth of that beer, and I was enjoying it. Like, damn, I'm drunk right now, and I feel really good about it. Yeah. So is that that kind of does that go into the beer tasting? Is that kind of how you do reviews and stuff? It does. But the funny thing with that is, everybody's palate is different. Mm. So I'll be honest with you. When you review, when I review beers, I'll put up what I taste. I'm gonna tell you what I taste. But then if you look at what somebody's putting on Untapped, which is again, we ain't getting sponsored from them. But they'll put up their review on it and it'll have flavor profiles. It might be light, it might be dry, it might be berry, it might be um, uh, juicy. I might not taste that. Right. So I sometimes I'll say these are the nose that I have. But my notes are this, 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 and this. Right. And then somebody might be like, no, nah, that's not what it is. That's your palate. Right. Everybody's palate is different. Right. You right. can't tell me what I'm tasting. If you say it tastes like candy and I tell you, no, it tastes like uh, chalk or it tastes like this... That's my palate. Yeah, see, I don't think I can do that because I already, I got a problem with authority no matter what. Yeah. Like, somebody would tell me, like, I have a problem with driving on this side of the road. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, why can't I drive on the other side of the road just to see what it's like? Yeah. I'm that kind of asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I have this issue, and I, I don't, I, my wife is a blessing to me, mm -hmm. right? Like, she's probably the only person in this world that could truly deal with me, right? Yeah. And I literally have to say, you're not my mom. Yeah. And she'll say something nice like, hey, can you pick that up? And I'll be like, you're not my mom. Like, <laughs> I have a problem with somebody telling me what to do, how ego. this should smell. Oh, it's definitely that, that ego. ego. Well, I had to build it up. You know, being a ugly duckling and coming from foster care and all the other stuff, I had mm -hmm. very low self-esteem. So when somebody told me I was cute, I just rolled that all the way on out. Like, you <laughs> you know. Again, that's probably why Kanye West is another one of my favorite artist because mm. you can't tell me nothing when I'm on it you can't tell me nothing like I'm, I'm I'm supposed to be there I'm supposed to feel this way about myself mm -hmm. um, and I like I said I, she's, she's a blessing a blessing 
a blessing because I couldn't imagine dealing with me. I really couldn't. <laughs> we so were talking know. about you last night, man. <laughs> um, and like I said, when me and my wife talk about you, we reference you as like, you know, you, me and you have similarities. Uh, old men, pretty much. Old souls, <laughs> right. I'm going to say. But we can compliment each other in that aspect. And when you're talking about your wife, um, she has a very big heart. Oh, yeah. So I think that makes it easier to where you might be a little bit more uh, abrasive depending on the person you're talking to. Right. Or you might be a little bit more straightforward and she might be the person to balance that. I'd be like, nah, what he really means is this. He means this, but he really means right. this. Right. He, he's to an asshole. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but to make it easier. But there's nothing wrong with being He wasn't trying to hurt you when he said that. But there's nothing wrong with being straightforward. Right. Well, I think that's that problem comes yeah. with our society now. Everybody's emotional. You hurt my feelings. Yeah. Sometimes I might have to be straightforward and tell you, nah, Get the fuck out of here or no, this this is garbage or no, I don't like well, that's, this. That's what happened is when I was telling you last night, I, I've been kicked out of a number of houses, right? Mm -hmm. And I respect those people that kicked me out of their house. Yeah. Right? If we have something that we're talking about, ooh, excuse me, and you don't agree with what I'm saying, it's not that I'm trying to force my opinion on you, right? But I'm trying to state my facts. Mm -hmm. And you need to state Joe fact, right? Like we need to have a series of facts and at some point, we just stop talking about that shit yeah. and move on to a different topic. I'm down for shit like that because that's real, right? Mm -hmm. So I've been the last house I was kicked out of. I had said something, and um, I, they were just looking at me like, "No, nah, you gotta go." Yeah. And I was just like, "Yo, uh, I'm just just being real, being honest right now. Like your honesty right now ain't working for me. You gotta go." And I was like, uh, "Well, damn. I mean, I guess I had this to the list of houses I've been kicked out of." <laughs> And then sometimes, you know, um, you know, my wife comes home and she's like, yeah, you was really fucked up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, nah, I wasn't even drunk. No, no. What you said was really fucked up. Some yeah. things you just don't need to say. And then I'm like, well, when I'm quiet and I don't say nothing, mm -hmm. people are like, yo, what's wrong with him? But then when I'm open and I'm saying something, people are like, yo, what's wrong with him? So I'm you damned if I do, him. I'm damned if I don't. Right. And she's like, well, no, maybe you need to just kind of think about what you say before you say it. And I say, yeah, when I get into that point, I don't say nothing. Right, because then you're trying to balance everything out. Is this going to be offensive? Right. Is it going to not be offensive, but people are questioning where is it coming from and why am I saying it? Yep. So like you said, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Well, I'd rather you tell me, yo, I don't like what you just said to me. Mm -hmm. And then we can either let it go or call it a day. Right. And we were talking about yesterday about my cousins. Like, I'm literally like. I don't, I'm a, I'm, I push the yay button no matter what. Right? <laughs> certain cousins just get the yay button because yeah. if you foul and I think you foul, I'm going to tell you I think you're foul. Mm -hmm. like, you know, and you need to straighten that out. And every time you're around me, I'm going to make sure you understand that this is how I feel about you. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that's right or wrong, it depends on if you want the person in your life or not. Right? We were talking about it yesterday. Some people you just don't want in your life because of the energy they bring. If I'm on, if we're on a positive ride, we're going forward, and your negative energy coming to my house, I don't want that shit in my house, right? right. So you bring in all this negativity, I'm going to do everything I can to keep your ass out of my house until mm -hmm. you can get on our board, right? And a lot of people don't understand that, especially in our community. Like, you just yeah. can't be honest with some people. That's the part that sucks. Like, I can't be honest with you? Yeah. Be honest with me. Tell me I you hate the way my feet smell. <laughs> tell me to keep when you come over wash your feet tell yeah. me that so i could i could fix it i think that when it comes with us um we are the most accepting and forgiving culture most accepting and forgiving community no doubt but when it comes to the critique and the straightforwardness from each other we don't like to hear that doesn't matter what it is we don't want to hear it. now 
for myself, I judge what I'm going to say and how I say it based upon who I'm talking to. If I have a relationship with them, mm -hmm. I might tread a little lightly. Meaning, if I really care about this person, I'm yeah, you're not going to want to hurt them, yeah. Right, but it depends on what we talking about. There's context to everything. So I might say, you know what, fucking, I'm just going to tell them how it is. Mm -hmm. And they just got to deal with it. And then sometimes I'm like, no, nah, let me tread lightly because I don't want to hurt their feelings. But at come, the same come time. Come a little bit closer. But at the same time, okay. um, when you're talking about people in general, and like I said, in our community, sometimes that goes out the window. Oh, no doubt. Because we are, when we're talking to each other, we're very abrasive. And when you're talking about men, men are very abrasive. They're mm -hmm. very uh, aggressive when you're talking to each other because we don't understand that aspect of how to deal with yeah, each other. Yeah, I, I don't want this to last for a week. I'm yeah. not down for this conversation to last for a week. We exactly. have it right now and it's over. Exactly. Yeah. So it could be uh, it could be very difficult. It could be a little bit nasty sometimes. But you got to know how to navigate through that. And I do. I, I learn when to pick my battles and I learn how to deal with people how I need to deal with them. I'm very straightforward on who I'm talking to, mm -hmm. but I also know when I need to take that approach of being aggressive and when I need to just say, no, I'm just going to be nice about it. Well, that's when that's what I was talking about when somebody kicks me out of their house. And it's not like I've been kicked out of, of people's houses my entire life, yeah. right? It's a very small percentage. But <laughs> <laughs> when somebody kicks me out of their house, yeah. I respect it because you're being honest with me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm fucking tired of you right now. I don't want to have this conversation anymore. Um, and you're just going to keep beating it down, right? Because I know what I'm saying. I believe in what I'm saying, mm -hmm. right? And I know I've lived this life long enough. I've been on this planet and I've been around the sun so many years, 40 plus years, 44 plus years. Damn, um, my birthday coming up in December. Mm -hmm. But I've been, I've been around the sun so much that I've seen it. I've seen enough of it to understand that what I'm telling you I'm not telling you because I don't understand what I'm seeing. I'm telling you because I understand exactly what's about to happen, right? Like, I'm trying to help you avoid some shit that you could avoid, right? Yeah. Or I'm trying to help you get better at some shit that you could get better at. And you might not be ready to hear it right now. And then that's when my problem kicks in. And that's what Shayla tells me all the time. Like, they just don't want to hear it. Right? They're just not ready right now. And you're just forcing it. And I'm like, I'm not trying to get them to convert to what I'm saying. I'm just trying to open your eyes to see that you're making a decision that's going to lead you down this path. Mm -hmm. And then you now you got to do all this extra stuff and then dig your way out of that hole you're putting yourself in. But we're talking about humans. Humans, you can tell people whatever you want to tell them. Yeah. Humans do what they want when they want. Yeah. And I'm a product of that myself and I know you are also. Yeah. My yeah. mom told me a bunch of times, uh, without maybe getting into detail, just saying don't do this specifically. And I'm still going to do it because I need to learn on my own. Right. I talk to my brother about his own issues that he might have to deal with. And I'll give him advice. And he loves listening to me. But he's still going to put his own his own uh, thing thoughts into it and yeah. do his own thing. So people like to do what they want to do. You can say everything you're going to say that might be all the right stuff. Yeah. But if they don't want to hear that and they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. Well, the funny shit is, is I say this to my family members all the time, which mm -hmm. you just said, right? But I still, on some end still play this side of the coin, yeah. right? Because I, I completely understand that. Mm -hmm. uh, especially when you talk about kids growing up, and we were talking about earlier during the break about youth voice, you know, people, kids having a voice, right? Don't discuss me or my situation without including me, right? right. Um, and that's the same kind of thing, right? Like, if we're talking about it, it's your life, you have the most important opinion on it. Yes. I, I completely understand that. But for some reason, every once in a while, 
my dumb ass finds myself on the other side of the coin going, but you just don't see this train that's about to hit you and fuck your whole life up. Oh, well. Right. Let him deal with the consequences. You gotta let it happen. You gotta let it happen. Sometimes people have to fall 30 times before they finally get up. Yeah. And it is what it is. That's a part of life. It really, really is. I've talked to several people that I can say I give them advice on things. Yeah. They always do what the fuck they want to do. No matter what. No matter what I tell them. And they know I'm coming from a good place and my intention is good, but they're going to do what they want to do. Yeah. So I decided I'll still talk to you about it, but don't come telling me when the shit didn't work your way. Well, see, that's giving you the problem because yeah. when that shit happens, I'm a I told you so person. Like right. I don't want to tell you I told you so, uh-huh. but when we had this conversation on this date and time, and then I go, you know, you you had to make a decision. Well, we were just you were just saying, right? Yeah. You had to make a decision that was best for you. So I'm not necessarily telling you that it was a wrong decision, and that's not how you should believe it, right? right. It's not a wrong decision because you learn from it. I've had to make my mistakes in my life. And being able to see that you might you might be making that same mistake is mm-hmm. what I was trying to help you avoid, right? And I think that's where I, I tend to lose the understanding of friendship. Mm, okay. Because, you know, as a friend, you know, are you the type of person that sits back and say, um, do whatever you do, I'm going to be here for you no matter what? Yeah. Or do you, as a friend, turn around and say, well, you got on a blue sneaker and a red sneaker. You really should not. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. there's that's the problem where I have a the concept of friendship always fucks me up. But yeah. Let's let's move on to this market of drinking craft beer in Buffalo with black um craft what do you call them? Brewmasters? Yes. How many do you think there are? Not we won't say Buffalo, but Western New York. How many black brewmasters are there in Buffalo, New York? Or Western New York? Uh, zero. Mm. And this is a fact. I don't know any black brewmasters in Western New York. How about breweries? I had, to, zero. I had to program myself to say that shit again. Yeah, yeah. Zero. There is zero black owned or black breweries in Western New York. Okay. Now let's expand the search. Mm. How many of them would you say, like an estimation, because I, I know you know quite a few, um, just period in the United States uh, that you've been in contact with. Let's make that a little softer. I've been in contact with probably ten or fifteen in the United States mm-hmm. where we might have had an actual dialogue, um, and and whether or not they looked out for me or did something to where I can review the stuff doesn't matter. They did respond. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's probably 9,000, like my numbers could be off. But let's say this out of the 100%. Yeah, because one could start today. Yeah. yeah. But let's say out of the 100% of breweries out there, craft breweries, there's only 1% of that that's us, that's black owned. Mm. How do you feel about that? Frustrated. Yeah. Angry. Um, sad. Depressed. Uh, and these are real feelings because I feel like we as a culture, we as a people, we are very innovative. Mm-hmm. We spark and start a lot of different things. And the fact that we are getting overlooked is is disgusting. And the thing for me is you have some breweries now that are taking advantage of different things to promote to us. Mm-hmm. But are you really including us now? Mm-hmm. For example, most breweries you go to, if they cool, they're going to play some urban music, whether it be hip hop oh, no R&B. They're going to yeah. play that. But the question is, how are you uh, inside of your building? Do you hire 
people who look like us? Right. Do you have people on your board of directors or in your your decision making process that look like me and you? Well, there's also that part mm-hmm. where there are a bunch of people, the generation, right? We're talking generations too now, right? There's yep. a generation that grew up on a tribe called Quest. Yeah. So I've been to, to brew houses, you know, breweries. I've been to places where the tribe called Quest was the theme of the day that they were testing their new beers and stuff like yeah. that. But I was like the speck of uh, pepper yes. in a room full of salt. So I can understand where, you know, hip hop, the culture itself has taken over. Mm-hmm. But like you said, how many people are, are actually being taught the skill that actually are brewing in this brewery that are on your board of directors that are so forth and so on. And mm-hmm. it is a travesty. I agree with you. It's a travesty. So how do we fix that? The way to fix that would be to hire people that look like us, period. And I don't care if it means you starting off as a person who's a um, line tech that they package up the beers that's coming off the line, the cans, etc. Like we saw yesterday. Yes. Yeah. You start that and you eventually involve them in that process of brewing and stuff. You have to make small steps, even if they're working as the uh, the bar manager or right. the person serving in the bar that serves the people the beer. You want a different face. I don't care if it's um uh, an, a Latino person, an Asian person, but I would love to Just see my people Just a person of color. Yeah. Yes, a person of color. I would love to see my people first because it makes me feel comfortable because I can count on one hand how many times I went into a brewery and I felt comfortable meeting. And that's bad. And I've been to easily, (laughs) I've been to easily a hundred breweries. Easily. I can tell you my life has been about crossover uh, since I can remember. Yeah. Um, I've had to learn a different language. um, And that's why I always, when we referred earlier about the beer language, right? And how you were able to um, pass. Here's Mm -hmm. here's a, here's a, I read a book so long ago called Passing. And my brother-in-law was watching a movie called Passing the other day and I still have the book called Passing right it's about a a very high yellow white black girl and how what she had to do to pass in the community she was in so she didn't belong to that community but she also did not belong to her community I'll give you an example the sister I do um, our Black Nerd Fridays with she will be on live tonight Friday uh, Kinky Suds is her name. She's from Detroit. Mm-hmm. She's very yellow, very high yellow. Yeah. She gets flack from both sides. Yeah. You ain't you ain't dark enough, and it's then terrible. from the white people, you're not uh, you're not uh, white, white enough. enough. Yep. You know what I mean? So she gets it from both sides. So it's a, an internal struggle. We've had these conversations behind the scenes mm-hmm. on how that feels. Now, mind you, this sister is educated. She has a PhD in. Um, Microbiology uh, and I believe immunity, and none of that matters. None of it matters, but yeah. she's moving up the corporate structure in her field of business, and the farther you move up, the less. But she's only going to get so high, right? right. So, yeah. so the the natural thing is what we were talking about yesterday. The natural thing to do to protect yourself is to start your own. Yep. Because you're Facts. only going to get so high. Like I, if I, and it's not fair to say that. It's a racism issue, right? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a family issue to be t- yep. to be real about it, right? If I am starting a business that's my family owned business, I am only going to want to hire my family, right? Mm-hmm. Because my my concept is already about general wealth I, or, or generational, generational wealth, yeah. right? I know that, right? I, I'm I'm I've been taught that 
my generations upon generations have passed on artwork, have passed on whatever, to make sure that the next generation is taken care of after my death, right? We right. have only recently been indoctrinated with the concept of giving something to people who are behind us, right? Yes. When we die, my, I, my, my parents didn't give a fuck about what they was leaving for me, mm -hmm. right? They had to do the best they could to live their life. So my job is to try to make sure, and, and I'm not having kids. My wife and I decided not to have kids, right? But if we foster kids, and most importantly, our nieces and nephews, this house that we own is in our will and is divided between them, right? Because the goal is for them to have something to mm -hmm. step on that, that's not going to keep them in debt because they, they've been doing this for four or five hundred years. Yes. We, yes. We're really starting in a 40-year time span, I would yes. say even 30 years of doing this where people are saying... I need to leave something for my kids versus I'm just going to be rich or wealthy or my, my concept of ghetto wealthy, yeah. which is rich. Now, I'm going to show yeah. everybody how rich I am in my hood. And if I die, I die with that. But I'm not thinking about leaving what's going to be left for people right. that's going to have to grow from it. So I, I completely understand that. So I don't I don't I don't I'm not sad that that is their concept of life. Because that is uh, something that's been ingrained in them that they have to. I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, because of the examples I'm watching right now, we were talking about this yesterday with uh, the music industry yep. and how everybody refers to Jay-Z as the boss. Yes. Because of the plan that's coming down from him. Because it's not like you, he, he said in a 444, how, who am I going to look to to help me? Al Sharpton? Right? Like Al Sharpton's supposed to help me. Jesse Jackson's supposed to help me. Like, how are they going to help me become something better than what I am? So right. he had to turn it around. Him and his wife turned it around, no matter what his faults were. And mm -hmm. the relationship they had was in front of everybody. Yes, it was. They still turned it around and said, we're going to teach you guys how to live and have generational wealth. And you can see it cascading down to people, common people like us that are mm -hmm. not billionaires, that are not millionaires, Right. They're not thousandaires, right? right? We don't have a hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars sitting around, but we see people that look like us that are doing it, and we believe that as long as we're on that path, we could leave. We have a couple thousand dollars to leave, twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars to leave, plus some property, plus this mm -hmm. for our kids or kids that we're raising, or our nieces and nephews, yes. to stand on top of to help build the equality that we're supposed to be in this country. And that's what led to our conversation about building a community, which was extremely important yesterday. So thank it you was. for that. But here's the problem with that, though, too. We are living in a system that's set up to go against us. Like, we want reparations. We just, we're going to talk about it. We're going to be candid. We want reparations. But do you see the oppressor actually giving us anything? I don't want reparations. I do. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, we'll we'll do another that. day yeah. on that, but I yeah. don't want reparations. Um, Everything we, has a price tag. It, it does, but yeah. we've already paid our price. Oh, no doubt. Ten we've times already over. paid our price. Yeah, ten times over. Forty times over. Yeah. You feel me? But we are set up in a system that's already going against us. So if we have that, we're already going uphill. You already are set up and put in a position, whether it be your uncle who gave you something, whether it be your your father, your mother who passed you something down, we don't have that. Like right. you said, that generational wealth. 
whether it be you're actually wealthy or not, somebody's passing something down to you. Right. Most of the time when we pass away, we leave behind debt. And in that debt, we're fighting debt amongst each other. Old clothes in the closet. Always. <laughs> somebody's looking through there to hopefully find <laughs> a diamond, a, a watch, yep. or some shit like that. Or like, a, oh. a fake will. Right. Yeah, just, it's crazy. <laughs> and I've, I've seen too many deaths in my life, specifically in my family, where I've watched us fall apart because of that, because somebody's looking for something. Right. Now, if you're talking new age today and we trying to move forward, this can be attained, but we all have to be on code. We all have to have the same thought process. We all have to be thinking the same thing and want to move in the right, right direction. Right. Because I would love to have 100 acres of land with my family or even just brothers and sisters who have like mind right. as myself or as you. And we are here. We're growing our own stuff. We are producing our own thing, whether it be wine, whether it be beer, whether it be vegetables, whether it be Clothing, we're making yes, yeah. that we're making our own clothes. We don't super soaker. We're not gonna outsource right. what we created the super soaker. Yeah. Super soaker, but people don't know that. Um, we we don't need to outsource. We can just live in our own community and do that, and in turn, every other city will follow that same trend. Every other city that has us, which every city has black people, unless you're talking about you know maybe middle. of Midwest, Iowa, or something like that. Well, they still do. That's where that's they where do. Kanye put up his shit. Yeah, but he in Wyoming. Wyoming yeah, that's why he went to Wyoming and put his Wyoming shit up. Crazy. But um, we when we talked about that last night, excuse me, this uh, Bill's about bub is uh, it's got a lot of hops. <laughs> yeah, I'm burping like crazy. Stop, right? So, yeah. So excuse me, but um, when we was talking about that last night. One of the things I thought about mm-hmm. uh, this morning was the fact that. Black Wall Street, mm. right? There are examples, right, throughout history. At any time, uh, we go back to slave revolts. And again, we're going to have to do a whole nother podcast, yes. another conversation on one of my heroes, Nat Turner. I, I knew it. I was waiting. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So, um, and, and throughout history, there's always been the concept of, okay, you're a slave and now you're free. Mm-hmm. Right, in American history. Let yes. me correct myself. I'm about to say because what's what's the brother's name in Haiti? Toulouse the Latreque. Right. There's always been an independent uh, yeah. and freedom, and then like you talked about the Turks and Caicos and so forth and so on. Right. Yeah. So and we'll we'll talk about the black slave in American history. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. Right. That's what this con- the conversation will settle around right now. So um, and, and there's always been that idea, and that I I like to phrase it as the MLK idea. Right. Yeah. I'm going to speak up. MLK and Malcolm X. Let's put them two together. Yeah. Right. Because we're talking about the same spirit. Mind you, uh, I just want to say this little thing. Malcolm X is my favorite person in history. All right. I appreciate that. Same here. So we'll, we'll talk about MLK and Malcolm X because they're the same spirit. Right. Yes. Yes. So uh, the United States of America utilized uh, MLK because of the way he looked. And because they were able to edit the things that he said, yes. right? Um, and he was more of, of a pacifist in the, the view of the public. Now, the truth is, MLK was more like Malcolm X when the reality of it came to it. And this is why he was killed, right? Because he got to a point where Malcolm X started out as such a radical. And then he came to the center and said, well, let's start talking about everybody you know i might believe in this religion but i have to tell you what i've seen of that this thing deals with everybody so now we're talking about good and evil and and spirits and demons and all whatever right Mm -hmm. but we're talking about the same two spirits that were one right 
So a, a part of a big part of American history that prevents us from continuing to be mm-hmm. or looking to be something different. Like our children's children, your children's children, right, are going to have to look at that and not be afraid to say something and be assassinated for it, right? Because even even though the truth is the United States government assassinated MLK, right? Nobody's doing anything about it. Nobody tried to do anything about it, right? It's known that the United States government did this, right? So the same thing with um, Black Wall Street. And Black Wall Street is just one community of black people that had hotels, banks, and everything that just said, segregation, mm, we'll, we'll be our own entity. They don't want us, so we'll be our own entity. And this railroad track is gonna split us, right? And between this railroad track, I'm walking around and I'm uh, an uppity white person who believes that the world belongs to me. And I'm looking over this this railroad track and I'm watching these uppity niggas walking around and they got hotels. They got their own money, their own currency. Right. Um, They they dress this way. Their culture is this way. Right. Because if you look at there's this movie called Pleasantville, if you look at this movie called Pleasantville, you will see that there is a certain part of the culture that's black and white. And then when the color was introduced to it, like they, it's, it's a very subliminal thing. When the color was introduced to it, life became better. The color not just being us black people, but the people of color in general who had different perspectives that was not just um, the good old boy Republican way. Yeah. Women had to be subservient to men. Men were the only ones who would work. This is how much money you made. Everything was specifically this way. So... When we talk, when we begin to talk about the communities and building communities and stuff like that, the greatest fear of us being so separated is that we won't come together at the moment when we're supposed to, right? When we know that the United States government is going to attack our community that's been built. They're going to drop bombs on this community and these people are going to come in with guns and stuff like that. And because we're God-fearing people, we absolutely love God. God loves us. We got the kiss of the sun. Our color is a specific color because of the melanin in our skin. Right. We got this. God has given this to us that we do not choose violence. We choose love. So because we don't do that, you take advantage of that. And you come in and you inflict love, uh, hate and pain on us. And that is just, again, the American society, the way the life went from slavery. Mm-hmm. Right. Always, you, you can't get better. I'm going to tear you up because you can't get better. But you got to incorporate this into that storyline. We were oppressed. We were brought over here from Africa, so, and and we don't know a hundred percent story. We were definitely <laughs> stolen. But I can I can pretty much guarantee there were some people that that looked like us or that were that us that was already us. here, yeah. and, and oh, definitely no. that sold us. Yeah. Now here's the issue with that: we're giving the oppressors religion. We didn't believe in, in uh, Jesus Christ no. and God specifically. We might have believed believe in something in the of spiritual. We believed in the sun. Yeah. We believed in certain things um, that we practiced, which translated down through, through the history, which is why I have certain things from my grandmother mm-hmm. being... Um, Creole. Yes, there's certain things that they did. Um, so When they got dropped off in yes, their part of the United States. Yep. Specifically in, in the French quarters. You know, a lot of people started there and then was sold off in the, in the market. But the point is, we took the oppressor's religion. So we take the, their religion, obviously we're gonna do the things that they have in this book, which is 
turn the other cheek, no violence, etc., etc. Of yeah. course, because that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Yes, but in reality, we are warriors. We're supposed to be fighting, speaking our truth, defending our communities, defending our families, yeah. defending our our people, defending our brothers and sisters. When do we ever turn the cheek? The book that I'm reading right now, and I should have been done. I've just been procrastinating. It's called Shades of Memnon. Yeah, I cannot is, find the, the audio and I can't find the paperback. I got all three of them. Yeah, the whole I can't collection. find them. Yeah. So that tells you what we did in history as far as what we know and as far as them saying Natural the conquerors. Greeks, yeah. Yes, We're we have it in us, right? Which we taught Greeks, Romans, we taught a lot of other civilizations who were savages, not knowing how to wash and shit like that. Okay. So if you understand that history instead of the history of, oh, well, here's this God, whether whoa, we, whoa, whoa, yeah, we, we don't yeah. care about the color, but here's this God and you are supposed to turn the cheek when somebody hits you and you're supposed to not do this to your fellow man, but y'all fucking us up. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, but it does. It makes sense to y'all. Yeah. So we will be forgiving. We will be God-fearing men and women. But we ain't supposed to be like that. We're supposed to have a warrior spirit. And this is why I respect the Malcolm. Now, Martin understood it, but it was later on when it was starting to make sense. And by the time it started coming true to him, they got rid of him. Well, that's the same thing that happened on both ends. Right? Like yes, they, it they did. feared Malcolm because of his, but they wanted to u- utilize uh, Martin. But again, that's a whole nother. We, we can get on to, into all that because yeah. you and I, we vibe on the same frequency. Definitely. Um, we were talking about yesterday. We may have our subtle differences differences here and there because we're human. Uh, we come from different backgrounds. We come from different upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is that, you know, bees, honey, blah, blah, the community, stuff like that, vibe on the same frequency. And the concept of building communities that are stronger together than uh-huh. separate, right, is something that we'll talk about. Um, and then we'll get into how to do it. Because uh, for decades, people have been talking about this is what is needed. But how do you do it is a different thing, right? There's, there's uh, you know, people want to shut out other people who want to help mm-hmm. um, and from other communities and stuff like that. I say do the research. But we'll, we'll get into that as we're going because this is really just about you as a, um, a pioneer. Thank you. Um, you have, a, you have a, a very big footprint on the world and you don't know it. I don't. You have no idea what you're doing, how you're doing it, the way you're doing it, which is a blessing. That's the definition of a blessing to me, a divine intervention, because there are going to be children of color that are going to see what you're doing in a desert. You know how that concept of mm-hmm. food deserts it just mm-hmm. doesn't exist. You said it earlier, there are no black breweries, there's no black brewmasters, there's no you have we a, have them, but they're very few and far between. We have them. Yeah, they but you here. have you have a niche now yeah. that you can actually take and make something into more than what it is, right? And the good thing is that these um, there are a lot of people that are not like their ancestors, right? That will step aside and say, hey, I recognize what's going on. Um, let me try to help you get to this point. Of course, they're gonna ask for a percentage because that's just business. Yeah. But you know, you have the you have the soul of someone who's willing to say whatever it takes to be able to build my community and my communities and show people that there's a way to do it. So I'm I applaud you. you. Oh, I definitely applaud you. I think that what you're doing is very admirable. Um, as you know, we talk all the time, and when we are mm-hmm. out and seeing things, 
uh, being someone to do to utilize the technology of today to get your message across. Um, and as people may, some people may just see it. You know, there's a spectrum. Oh, you're just drinking beer and you're talking about beer. Yes. But then there's people like me and you that see the future yes. of where this. You know, your children see you doing something, right? Their their friends hear about it, right? There are people that you have that are subscribers to your channel that are going to understand it. And then we talked about the evolution of where you're going to be past where you started yesterday and then today. And that's going to be another footprint that you're going to leave. Just Even if just in Western New York, it's enough. If you leave that yeah. footprint on just one person, it's enough. So I had to have you on the podcast. I had to, to spend this time with you, not only because we vibe on the same set, but because you're a pioneer in an industry in a place that where it doesn't exist. And if you don't see it, I want you to know I see what you're doing and I recognize you and I applaud you. So thank you. And this is a delicious-ass beer, by the way. <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate that. And I'll be honest because I sit back and like I said, some views, some, some videos I post about get a decent amount of views, whether it be IG or YouTube. Some I get very little and that's fine because if I'm reaching this crowd, somebody's watching me. But number two, um, I'm looking to change how we look view a beer. Right. I don't know. I can't think of anybody else that looks like me and you that reviews beer. It's one brother that does it, and he does it. Man. Are you only saying this because I'm bald, too? No, no, no. No, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah, nah. Cheers. Cheers, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's more of like literally people that look like us that review beer. I know one brother that does it once in a blue. And me and him talk. We talk every now and then. I can't remember what city and state he's based out of, but he's not in Western New York. But he's like, man, um, I see you. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of anybody else besides him. There are people who travel around and they, they're known as influencers because they travel around to different cities and they mm -hmm. drink beer and they're in the circles of us as people, right. but they don't do beer reviews to let you know, I, this is my thoughts, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm, from what I see, I'm standing by myself, from what I see. If somebody else is out there that looks like me, step up. I, yeah, I'd love to see you, I'd love to meet you and have conversations with you, but I don't see anybody else. So I would love to have it be where it's a bunch of people that look like me doing it. I love to see where it's my kids saying, I want to do this, this, and this. And you know what's crazy? You said that as a pioneer and me as a pioneer and my ki your kids see this and, and that my kids do yeah they tell me all the time uh poppy when i grow up i want to do this i'm, I'm a, if i become rich or i'm gonna become rich i'm being a millionaire i'm gonna open up a brewery just for you and yeah. just different things like that mm -hmm. and that fills me with joy and pride because my kids they see that mm -hmm. and they're taking an interest and in peeking to something that I think we should be, especially considering that our point of reference is that we don't do this. Well, here, here's, here's something that um, you know me better than most people. Mm -hmm. uh, you know me better than a lot of my listeners, um, wherever they may come from. So uh, the fact that your kids are saying that uh, gives the perspective we were talking about yesterday, right? When you build a community like that, yes. your kids are now choosing where they want to go to school and what they want to go to school for. Four. You know what they said to me? Both of my boys, I want to go to an HBCU. Yeah. That's what they said. My son told me specifically yesterday, I want to go to Howard. Yeah. I said, okay. And I ain't mad at that. Yeah, you can't be. I'm not mad at that. You can't. You got you to gotta celebrate your own. Everybody else does. We're the only yes. culture that gets flack for saying, I'm black and I'm proud. 
Always, but I think that's part of that conversation we had earlier. It's the divide. It's the God-fearing, you're supposed to do this because of religion and all that. Yeah. No, we should be black. Well, huh? you know, again, that, you know, your, your son, your son's telling you, you know, this is what I want to do. And, I, you know, I noticed that this is what you do, mm-hmm. and they want to take it to the next level, right? Is another part of what we don't see that other cultures do. You know, like we talked about yesterday with, with Jewish people, we don't see them fighting, infighting at all. Not. They're in we their community, not. but they definitely have a hierarchy, and then they definitely have kids that go to school to be a doctor because that doctor's fee is going to come back and pay certain percentages and yes. stuff like that to the community. And hear, hear your kids saying, I believe in what you're saying, you know, and you have to have that plan prepared for them and ready for them to go. So I, I salute you. I Thank see you. you're a general. I salute you. Um, I, I'm here for you no matter what. So keep going. Keep doing what you do. I will. Um, and I know, you know, that no matter what, this is just who you are. This is your calling. Um, same here. Uh, and now we have a voice that's worldwide. Thank you. Thank you. So if there's anybody out there, right, looking for something to do that has these skills that could help advance either of us. Reach out. Tell us what you want to do. You want to bring something to your town, your community. Of course, it's going to be a cost because, you know, paying the hotel, paying the flight, paying all other stuff is going to happen. But do that because you want to hear the information, you want to build, you want to grow. Um, and then, obviously, once the black bearded nerd starts to brew his own beer, you're definitely mm. going to want to taste it. If you haven't seen his reviews, he talks about some things and the, the way he talks about them. And how the beers smell, the way the taste is, the the way the nose, the, the separation between the nose of the beer, um, the head of the beer, and then actually the taste of the beer, and then what's left over, and whether, like I said earlier, it's juicy or it's dry. There's a very detailed description that you'll get uh, from this guy, this gentleman, this, this human being right here that talks about something that he's very passionate about. And when he describes it, if you drink the beer that he's telling you you should drink, you'll understand that that is a beer you should be drinking. And you'll understand why. Most importantly, you'll understand why. So definitely reach out, um, say hi, see what's going on, uh, and get this young man to wherever you are around the world. Give him your information again, please, sir. Follow me again on YouTube, Black Bearded, B-E-E-R-D-E-D, nerd. Same thing on IG, Blackbearded Nerd. Um, and you can definitely email me, contact at blackbeardednerd.com. All right. So, uh, we're Hold on, my, my bad. Let me add this oh, one last one. Go right point. on ahead. Go right Do ahead. Do not forget to check us out on Black Nerd Fridays. We're live. Myself, my two co hosts, Kinky Suds, and my other brother, uh, D Neal, aka Beard Talk Now. And we talk about anime, we talk about sci fi, we talk about movies, we talk about black comics and artists. But we are here to educate and let people know we are not a monolith, but we are here to let people know that we all do and think differently. Plug, plug away your merch, too. You know, your wife's making a lot of the merch, so she plug, definitely plug is. her away. So. She definitely is. Same thing. You got to hit me up on the email or DM me on IG. Or, yeah, I'll say DM me on IG, and we can try to figure something out. But that's my, my future and where I want to progress in the future. We'll see where that goes. I'm sure you're you're committed to shipping worldwide if necessary. Yes, I am. All right. So, uh, and and it'll be a great thing to see some of this merchandise and some of this information uh, supporting this person and his family uh, worldwide. So reach out. Make sure you reach out because you have all the information. Um, and and as I edit and do stuff, you're gonna hear a lot more of the information. 
uh, reach out, say hi, see what's going on, get some information, some tips about beer, talk about trading beers because there is a huge beer trading market going on that you might not know about. Um, and, you know, just enjoy yourself because life is short. Uh, one day you're here, the next you're not. And thank you again for tuning in to Neat, comma, Straight Up or On The Rocks, a podcast that asks you, how do you like your life?
Straight Up or On The Rocks, the podcast that asks you, how do you like your life?